Father, it is my prayer at this time that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, the hearing and understanding of those present would be acceptable in your sight now and forevermore. Amen. So very shortly before Christmas, Robin and I were out and we were visiting a friend of ours whose uh, mother was visiting, or she moved here. Is she moving here? I don't know. She eventually. Eventually. Um, but she's an artist. And um, she makes really nice jewelry. And she paints religious icons. Um, there's a picture on the front of your bulletin of one of the pieces that she painted, a, a picture of Mary and Jesus. And we got to see this icon. And, and Robin and I were so taken with it that we actually purchased it and because it's 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 just an absolutely beautiful piece i mean you it's it's mary holding the baby jesus and the baby is asleep and i don't know how often i've seen jesus asleep um well i mean you know as 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 we read through the new testament we know jesus was good at taking naps um but here we see him as a baby sleeping, and I don't know that I'd ever really seen him portrayed that way, being asleep. And just the look on Mary's face, she's just so peaceful in that picture. And we just, we just fell in love with this picture, and it really got me thinking about Mary. So we're going to talk about Mary for a little while. Thinking back even at, you know, just the Christmas story. We just got done with Christmas. I'm still going to talk about Christmas for another week. It's uh, Who knows how long it's going to take me to talk about Christmas. But I got to thinking more about the Christmas story. I mean, we're, we, we, we all know it. We hear the Christmas story every year, over and over again. And I just got to thinking about it, and I'm thinking that maybe, maybe there's something more to it. Maybe there's something we're missing, or at least something I'm missing. I might get to the end of the sermon, and you're all going to look at me like, uh, you know, why didn't you think of that before? But I got to thinking. You know, Jesus spoke in parables. Right? Parable is a story with an underlying spiritual meaning to it. It's a story with a spiritual meaning to it. And I've been thinking lately, over the past few years, as I've been reevaluating some of the things that I believe, maybe there's more to some of the stories in the Bible. I mean, certainly we have the Christmas story, the story about Mary, and we look at that as history, right? We, we generally accept that list of events as, as things that happened. We talk about them, we celebrate them at Christmas time. Maybe there's more to it than that. Maybe there's an underlying spiritual message in there that certainly I haven't looked at before. 
And just so that we're clear, I'm not saying this didn't happen. A, a, a parable as a story, maybe it happened, maybe it didn't happen, but there's something spiritual underneath it. But as God speaks to us through his word, he can certainly take the events of things that happened and put something underneath it for us to understand. I'm going to read this story once again from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at this word and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be, be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. We all know the story. We all have heard that story before. Probably last month at least once. And a lot of times, we don't think a whole lot about Mary. Do we? I know there's a, there's a couple of Catholic folks who are here. I know the Catholic Church talks about Mary a lot more than the Protestant Church does. As Protestants, we tend to look at Mary when we're doing like a ladies' Bible study. That's usually going to start off about Mary. But I think it's important for us to look at her as this, she, she's an important person. We can't deny that. She has found favor with God. Don't we all want favor with God? And what has she done to get there? The angel says to her, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And the angel gives her the message that she is going to give birth to the Messiah. 
the coming king. So apart from the fact of looking back at, you know, this is Jesus, what, what does this have to do with us? You know, we, we look at, we look at stories in the Bible. We look at parables. And I want to, I want to call this a parable right now because for us, 2000 years later, it is a story. Again, I do believe it happened, but it is a story. It's a story that we tell. It's a story that we hear. Who do we think of when we listen to a parable? There's like somebody in the story that we're supposed to identify with. There's a message we're supposed to be getting out of it. And to do this, we need to identify with somebody. And I think it's okay for us to look at this story and identify with Mary. She is the main character of the story here after all. And the angel comes to her and says he has good news for her. That she is going to have this baby. Now, I don't think anybody here is ready to have a baby. I'm not. You better not be. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done being a father. Yeah, not going to be a new father. I love my son. He's a handful. But I want to look at this sort of metaphorically because there is a spiritual thing going on here. It's not just a story about what's happening, but there's a spiritual thing going on here because we've got the, the angel who's brought the message and we have this supernatural birth coming a child being conceived in the womb of the virgin. We can look at this metaphorically in our lives because certainly not everybody is going to give birth to a Messiah. But we can in a way, as we bring Jesus into the world, don't we? Isn't that what we are called to do? Excuse me, I can't lose this cough. It is what we're called to do, isn't it? We're called to bring Jesus into the world. We're called to show him to the world, even though it may be difficult. And certainly for Mary, it was difficult. It was going to be difficult. She was at a point in her relationship with Joseph where she was not expected to be pre pregnant yet, and that was a bad thing to happen to a young woman at this time. Life was about to get a whole lot more difficult for her. And sometimes with us, as Christians, when we start onto this path, life can get kind of difficult for us too, can't it? We don't hear a whole lot of stories about people who, well, we do hear stories about people when they accept Christ. It becomes wonderful. 
So many wonderful things happen in their lives, but things don't get easy for us. As we spread the good news to the world, things don't get easy for us. Things get hard. Mary asks the question, how will this be since I am a virgin? As a virgin, well, let's say she's not qualified to be pregnant yet. But it's going to happen. It's supernatural. It's a wonderful thing. It's a miracle, isn't it? Robin often says the fact that I get up here and preach is a miracle. <laughs> I, I don't like public speaking. It, it's, it's like a number one fear for most people, and it, it, it terrifies me. When I, when I started in uh, college, the, the first class I failed was public speaking. And after that happened, I changed course. I had been planning on becoming a pastor at the time, but I failed public speaking, so I'm not going to be able to do this. So I, I went and studied archaeology for the rest of college. Never got a job in that either. It took me a lot of years to understand that I had to let God do what he was going to do. And it has nothing to do with how comfortable I am. It's about being obedient. I'm still terrified to stand up here. Years ago, I was working at a bank, and I remember my uh, supervisor had asked me to, to uh, give a little talk to the people that I worked with about a process that I was familiar with that nobody else in the bank seemed to know about. So I got up and I gave my little presentation to maybe a dozen people that I knew really well. And we got to the end of it and everybody left. And She said to me, I heard you were a pastor. I said, yeah. She said, how often do you actually preach? I said, every week. She said, does anybody ever come back a second time? Well, there's a big difference between talking about banking and talking about Jesus Christ. Because I know that when I am doing this, God has his hand upon me and he is leading me and he is helping me through this. And I don't think he cares about the bank. I told her, let me stand in front of those same people and preach the gospel and it will be completely different. You'll understand. Why well, she didn't give me that chance? But here we see the idea of being obedient to what God wants us to do. I missed out on a lot of years of preaching because I wasn't ready to be obedient. And here was Mary, right off the bat, this little girl. God wants you to do this. She says, okay. I am the Lord's servant, she said. Wouldn't it be wonderful if all of us, when we get set to a task, whatever that task may be, would just say, I am the Lord's servant. 
things would be so much easier. There's a hymn. I don't think it's, I don't think it's in our songbook. Uh, Here I am, Lord. Are you familiar with that one? It's based on the uh, stories from Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. Here I am, Lord, send me. And honestly, I think a lot of times when we sing that on Sunday mornings, we got our fingers crossed behind our backs. Because we're not quite ready. Not quite ready. But hallelujah when we are, because look what happens. The angel came to Mary and got her ready for what she had to do. And I think all of us in our walk at some point get a message for a thing that we're supposed to do. We all of us have a task of some kind to bring Jesus into the world. To give birth to him metaphorically. However that may be. It's a lot easier when an, when an angel actually comes down from heaven and appears in front of us and tells us what to do, isn't it? It, it? It's easier that way. I think a lot of times for us, it's just something that weighs upon our hearts. We, we, we get this feeling that there's a thing we're supposed to do. Sometimes somebody comes to us and tells us that there's a thing we're supposed to do. Quite honestly, I'm usually a little suspicious when that happens. I remember once a man came up to me on the street and stopped right in front of me and he said, the Lord God commands you to give me $10 for lunch. And I was standing there thinking, the Lord God knows I don't have $10. So I doubt he's telling me to give you $10 for your lunch. I'm always kind of suspicious. I've known people who have said, yeah, somebody came up to me and said, God wanted me to do this thing. Well, maybe he does. What do you think about it? And I think sometimes the things that God wants us to do are the things we don't want to do. And I think, I think he specifically does that to show the miracle. I think that also came into play when I first got into prison ministry. Robin and I were at a program where a gentleman was going to get up and talk about prison ministry. Our friend Larry, that we both know and love greatly, and I remember nudging Robin beforehand saying, ain't no way I'm going to do prison ministry. Larry got done talking, and Robin nudges me, and she says, you're doing prison ministry, aren't you? I said, yeah. And I'm a chaplain at the county jail. Didn't want to do it. But here we are. I think we can look at this story, and I think we need to look at this story again and again and again and realize that it's not just history. It's not just a thing that happened. It's a thing for us to be inspired by. 
to look at this little girl who an angel came before her. And did you ever notice every time an angel shows up, one of the first things they say is, do not be afraid? It's because they're terrifying. So here's this angel standing in front of this little girl, and she's ready to do whatever God wants of her. How marvelous. And what a marvelous example for us in this day and age. Whatever God is calling you to do. Are you ready to say yes? I am the Lord's servant, Mary said. What a marvelous statement of faith that is. She didn't know completely what was to come. But she probably had a pretty good idea of what might happen. It might not be good. But she was ready. May it be to me as you have said. She soon thereafter goes and uh, visits Elizabeth. And she sings what the Bible refers to as uh, sometimes as Mary's song. You may know it more classically as the Magnificat. Our call to worship was based on some of that today. Listen to this statement of faith of this little girl. And let's consider how ready we may be to say these same words. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers, Over the next few weeks, I'm going to look at some other stories about Mary from Scripture. There are only a few of them. But I'd like for us to look at, it, look at Mary a little differently. Look at her as an example 
of faith. To see how she reacted to the things around her. Her being the mother of God. As we take this opportunity in our lives to, in some other way, bring the Lord into the world around us, however the angels send us, with the guiding hand of the Lord. This program has been copyrighted under the Creative Commons Attributes Non-Commercial Share-Alike License. If you would like to contact Colin, please feel free to email colinroberts412 at gmail.com. Well, this service is over, your service may now begin. As we go from this place, let us go, bringing Jesus into the world that much, so much, so badly needs it. It's up to us. Amen.